Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Waste of potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors. We're worse. I'm Clarabel Ortega. And I'm Ryan LaSala, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. And welcome, readers, to our very first episode of the new year. It's 2024, baby. (laughs) 2024. My gosh. Yeah, well, we've just stumbled off of our New Year's cruise. I and Clarabelle are (laughs) drenched in champagne, but we thought now would be the best time to record. Record an episode uh, delving into, per usual, our season two read, um, Rebel City. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm just choking on probably a diamond or a grape. I don't know. Uh, Rebels, (laughs) City of Indra by Kendall and Kylie Jenner. Before we do that, though, a quick reminder to boost the podcast wherever you see it and uh, leave us a rating and a review because it helps other new hot queens find their way into the Bad Author Book Club. If you love us as well, we strongly encourage you to find the Discord link in our show notes where every week, every day, every hour, we sit around discussing all the wacky things we read. Um, People talk about their own writing. People do book suggestions. People create memes. There's merch occasionally. And all of that's in our Discord, which you can find a link to in the show notes. Clarabelle, it's our first episode of the new year, and I want to hear, do you have any resolutions? Oh my god. Oh my god. I have I I make a little like index card every New Year's Eve like before midnight. It's a tradition. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it since 2018. Actually, it might have been 2017, but I have I still only have the one from 2018. And I basically make a list of like resolutions and goals and things that I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Usually it's like two-sided and it's like pretty long. This year I kept it to like seven things. I won't say all the things because some of them are like pretty personal. Mm-hmm. But one of them is to have like a better work schedule. So mm-hmm. like I it sounds like a workaholic goal to have, but it's actually like in the service of like resting more because yeah. I oh, want yeah. to have like regular working hours so like I'm at my desk at a certain time and I stop working at a certain time so that I know like I can rest after 
five o'clock, six o'clock, whatever it may be. And those hours that I'm working, I want to really super focus on writing or admin or whatever it is that I'm doing for the day, but I don't want to like lose focus as much as I have been. And I've been a little bit better about it, but like social media in the past has been like a really big deterrent for me actually Mm -hmm. focusing on my writing. And I just want to like intentionally like take a step back from that. Um, That's like a really big one for me. Um, And also I want to be a little bit more independent and do some things on my own and not rely so much on like my partner for certain things. Yeah. Um, I think that's like my number one goal for 2024. Ooh, I love all those. And just get hotter. Uh, I mean, two, three days into the new year and I think you've already checked that off your list. (laughs) I think you look great. (laughs) Constantly raising the bar. Oh my God. I love all those goals and the one about a work schedule definitely resonates with me because I too, it's just so hard when you have the life that we have full of luxury (laughs) and (laughs) bonbons. Kidding. Obviously, I think people sort of think that like all problems are solved when you achieve the dream of becoming like a full-time author like we both are. But what it actually means is that you end up sort of working for yourself and I'm a great Mm. employee. I'm a really terrible boss. Like, I'm not paying attention to what my employees need. I don't know what their goals are. I don't know how to get them towards achieving those goals. And they're running amok and they're suffering for it. And so I'm trying to be more disciplined and sort of tangentially, like, for the past couple of years, like, I have really reveled in saying no. I love to say no to shit because I'm someone who's asked to do many things. And I usually say yes to so many things. And I'm like trying to be better about saying like, no, actually, I don't want to do that. Um, But that also extends into like trying new things. I love to try new things. But I've also realized that in my effort to try so many new things, like at restaurants or, you know, activities that like other people suggest, like I have kind of consistently guilted myself into just doing stuff that I, I don't want to do, eating things that I don't want to eat, right? Like having days that I know would have been better spent doing other things. And so I'm in my like era of no currently, but... The, the pertinence to the conversation we're having now is that, like, in 2024, my goal is to say, like, no to myself <laughs> a little bit more because... Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, my impulsivity and, like, all of these other things, I, I really like. And, oh, oh, they're here. They heard me. They heard me saying no. They heard... All right. They're, they're, they fi- Tyra finally found you. <laughs> Haunted's like, officer, arrest him. Um, but, like... <laughs> I just, I need a little bit more discipline in my life. I think that's what I'm saying. And, um, you know, just because I have the time, like, to sort of laze about, like, I've got to be a little bit better about being like, no, like, it would benefit you to be at your desk at a certain time, like you were saying. And no, mm-hmm. like, you've got to get this done by, you know, dinner so that you're not working after dinner so that, like, I can actually relax at the end of the day, like the things that you were suggesting to yourself, too. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I will say... <laughs> That's not what I wrote down for my resolutions. My very first resolution, because I like sat down to like write some for myself, was wear beautiful perfume every day. That is a great resolution. I love that. Smelling good. It just makes me feel so good. Yeah. Smelling good is important. I have a house perfume and then I have several going out perfumes. So like Mm -hmm. I always want to smell nice all the time. It does something for my like 
self-esteem and like how it feels to like live in my skin as like mm-hmm. i don't know they're, they're like certain people who like have their shit together and like feel like a person that has like convictions and like knows what they want and what they don't yeah. want and just i feel like i am ooblek. you know that stuff you made in school that's like ooblek? it takes form but it's also gooey ooblek. It's like oobleck or oobleck. I don't know how you pronounce you know, I think, it. I think I knew an oobleck. But but I feel like that. Like I feel like I I I I mold myself to whatever the situation is. But I don't often feel like I'm a person who like you know what decision they're gonna make in every sort of like situation. Yeah. And I feel like people who are like that, who are like have their shit together, always smell good. That that is the craziest thing i've ever heard and it makes complete sense to me it does <laughs> because they, really they good smell friends. good because they woke up at the right time to shower and to like get their shit together and like they smell good and like i don't know like smelling good is like mm. having your hair done nicely like to me it's like it's like a it's like a symbol of being well put together and it, i feel more confident when i smell good i feel better about yeah. myself when i smell good i think my like compulsion around this extends from like not necessarily even like a put togetherness but like I don't know if I also had to like describe the perfumes that I'm wearing to people and if you ever meet me like you'll experience this for yourself like I'm not talking about like the like the body works like type of like floral sugary things that people wear Mm -hmm. like all of the things that I have in my like repertoire are these like like some people want to smell like flowers I want to smell like the interior of a church that has just seen a, 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 an exorcism take place like all the incense candles blown out smoke palo santo um and outside that's you know the scary. sun is setting on um, the 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 countryside of of utah like that's like those are the scents that i'm going for i want to i want people to smell me and be like i don't know if that was a person or if that was like a demigod because those are the types of scents <laughs> that i have like in my repertoire and maybe it does similarly come down to like wanting there to be sort of be like a presence to me that's but, exactly what yeah that's what yeah, I'm, i you're like a, in your yeah. own way you're describing what i was saying it's just like being a per like a fully real, realized like person with their own personality mm-hmm. and sort of like i don't know how to describe it there's just like people who like you meet and come into your life that just feel so solid and like yeah. i feel like those people always have a smell about them and it's and a it's good smell and it's you, interesting it's interesting it's you don't find it out, like this is why like i really encourage people to if they want something like this kind of like a little like cognitive pick me up like don't go to like sephora don't buy something Mm-mm. from like a department store like take the time to explore like you know the bottom floor of like a bergdorf goodman which is where i found like one of the scents that i like to wear it's um it's called De Los Santo, and it's from Byrito, which is the company. And they make candles, but they, I discovered them because I was with another author, Victoria Lee, who we're both really good friends with. And Victoria was like, oh, I have to show you this candle. And I was like, that's a crazy sentence. Let's go do it. So we, like, traveled into the basement of, like, Bergdorf Goodman's in, like, New York City to this, like, small little counter where uh, this this woman was, like beaming at us as we like smelled candles and this one candle was called bibliotech and it's like a it's a um like dark academia sensational candle that smells like a like a library obviously and so um it doesn't actually smell like books or a library but it did immediately evoke this really physical sense of being in like an old like 
dark like musty library with like sunlight coming in through like stained glass windows it was magical and I was like that's amazing I wish I could like smell like that myself and she's like oh you can because it's a perfume company that's like a scents company and so then we tr- we smelled everything that was on that table with Tracy <laughs> who look- looked at us and now I'm like good friends with Tracy and I occasionally like go back for like refills of what I ended up getting but um what what are we talking about Oh, <laughs> we're talking about New Year's resolutions. <laughs> um, Not anyways, what are we talking about? I think that everyone, if you don't have a resolution and if you want one, even if you think this has nothing to do with you, I think finding your signature scent <laughs> is something that I've started suggesting that. to people. I did all that the the week before I went on tours for the honeys because I wanted to like be put together for that tour and I've never looked back. And now I have a few, I have sort of three things that I wear consistently and they all make me feel like a different version of myself, a demigod. Yeah. I love that. I also really love boutique perfumes. Like the perfume Mm -hmm. I wear the most is from this little shop in Ridgefield, Connecticut, where I got your bee. Oh my God. I love the bee clutch. Yes. Clutch. And it's just like a, like a brand that I, I don't even know remember the name of it, to be quite honest with you, because it's not the kind of thing that you find in like a regular mm-hmm. store. You have to go mm-hmm. to like a small shop or like a basement. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you were describe, saying. describe your little basement water to me. Tell me about it. So it, it is like? like a it smells like a divorced woman, but she's young <laughs> and her husband was very old when she met him. He might be dead. Mm. It smells mm. rich, rich, and also like innocent, but like it's sort of floral, but like with like I don't know how to describe it. I'm not good at describing scents. It smells clean, but not citrusy or anything like that. You know, I think you were really onto something when you huh? when you were describing this in terms of a rich divorced woman. Now that you're talking about actual scents, you've lost me. But you had me. Okay, when you were so I'll go back to my person. original description. Yeah. It smells like a rich woman in the wintertime. That's like the best way I can describe it. It just Mm -hmm. smells like fresh and crisp and clean and Mm. rich. Maybe I'm tricking myself into this, but I feel like I like know this scent, right? Because, you know, we've hung out and I probably... Yeah, I've been around you. Yeah, and it it works. It really works for you. So um, as for other (laughs) resolutions, I don't know. I think... I'm looking forward to accomplishing so much. I have a, I'm sort of thinking of this next year as my secret year because I don't have a book coming out. So really everything that I'm Ooh. doing like gets to kind of be behind doors that I can open and close at my own discretion. That's I don't fine. have to be in the public eye. So I'm really excited to not be like, you know, out and about so much and to sort of work on incubating a lot of these ideas that I've had for a really long time. So I'm excited for my big gay secret year. That sounds really fun. I love that. I love the idea of a year with no book release. I I have a book coming out this year, not till October though, and that even that yeah. just feels like a luxury that I have yeah. all these months to sort of just like work on my writing and my books. Mm-hmm. I have quite a few like projects that I'm working on right now. Um, I feel like our resolutions are like sort of similar, yeah. Except for the perfume no surprise one. There. That was not on my list, but I love it. Add it. <laughs> yes. But I think working on things and sort of like, I was actually just in therapy before this. And I was telling my therapist that like one of the big things that I definitely want to do, which I've, I've gotten much better about this anyway, but like not mm. 
wading into the stupid discourse on social media at all, I think is a really going to be a really big one for me because like Mm -hmm. I've noticed how much, how much I let it make me angry sometimes like this stupid shit that people say and like how pointless it is. It doesn't help anybody. Even if you're making the best point in the world, it doesn't really help anyone. The discourse itself, unless it has to do with like actual like issues, doesn't do anything and it's just always like one person that has an opinion and everyone wants to get mad at them and just like won't talk about anything else for like the next three days and i've noticed that like if i post even if i post something that's like completely correct it will take so much of my time and energy because i'm thinking about did anybody respond checking to see if anyone responded when someone annoying responds and that sucks energy out of me and it's just like i could be resting i could be spending time with people that i care about i could be working on my writing i could be doing literally so many other things that are a better use of my time than this so that's definitely like an un one that i didn't write on my card but definitely part Mm -hmm. of my resolution for the year to like continue to pull back from social media in that way i like that i have a version of that that we don't have to get into details about but i feel like (laughs) It's inevitable just being in the public eye that like these people are going to like trot right up to whatever I post and unload things upon me. And so Mm -hmm. my version of this is that treating that as a constant, my goal for myself is just to not let it bother me as much Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's just no sorting that out. Uh, Like, yeah, like I could remove myself from certain things, but I actually almost want to just have a better relationship with that when that when that happens because like you I'm like always checking and things like that too and I think part of this is because on TikTok especially like with an algorithm that's so powerful like I could post anything and people who have no idea what I'm talking about show up and comment and be like well actually like you know like this is not how this works or something like that and they'll have no bearing whatsoever on the context that I'm posting into but they feel so confident so entitled to like show up and sort of make a mess in my comments anyways and that has desensitized me in I think a really healthy way because I sort of realized that like oh all the internet is this all the time mm. and now I don't care as much and uh, I feel I feel a little bit better I feel like that boundary is a little bit more stable I don't know I feel like I it, it's annoying when I see mm. other people doing it and I don't want to be annoying that way because I think sometimes when you're in it you don't realize how stupid it looks and when you take a step back you're like oh my god why are all these people fighting about like this ridiculous shit but like being in the thick of it makes you lose perspective I think a lot of times and so um I just don't want to I I was very much removed from everything because I wasn't on Twitter anymore and now I kind of noticed that like especially threads is really bad when it comes to book discourse and i'm like oh my god i do not want to become part of this cycle so like i made like a very conscious effort to like not put myself in the middle of anything um Mm -hmm. and i just want to continue that into the new year and keep things the way they are and just sort of talk about like fun stuff and things that bring me joy rather than like you know giving perspective on something that doesn't, it doesn't really matter because people don't listen anyway. So no. it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it doesn't fucking, you, but you know what does matter? Not this book. Uh, actually, um, that's exactly what matters. Currently, <laughs> <laughs> Rebels City of Indra. So 
Hack queens, <laughs> we want to know what your resolutions are. We want to hear all about the years that you're preparing to have. Uh, so let us know in Discord. I think it'd be so much fun to hear some good writerly resolutions. But yeah. in the meantime, I think I'm stealing my resolve to get through the latest chapter in the magnum opus of the Jenner Girls, Rebel City of Interest. So without further ado, let's get to it. Today's episode is Chapter 21, Lex. I have a lot of questions, and I don't think I'm going to get any answers. Well, you know what? That's surprising, because this felt like a chapter of answers to me. We finally got some... Clarabelle has left the meeting. Clarabelle has walked out of the room. I'm here. Where'd you go? Where'd you? You're running away. I start talking and you get up and run. I'm here. I'm. I never left. Oh my god. Uh. So listen. I. We'll get to this, but I feel like finally we got some really good world building details in this chapter that I think we needed a long time ago, and I was I was parched for them, and I felt. My sir, my 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 thirst satisfied. So maybe that's why I missed some of the other question questionable moments. But let's dive right in. So the girls, they're running. They're running through apparently this really well forested rig. Uh, and Lex is like, oh my gosh, I'm having so much trouble running. She describes the rig sort of as she's going through it. She says, We're racing through the forest that borders the rig. And recycles the air and keeps the local atmosphere clean and rich. Okay, detail. So the rigs are helpful in keeping the local atmosphere clean and rich. Amazing. If this wasn't a rig, Durley, she says, would be detained for agitating speech because of what he was saying last time about, like, standing up to PCF. So, like, another detail. Mm. So the rigs have some sort of lawlessness about them or a culture that sort of exists beyond the really, really regimented, surveilled culture of both Lex and Livia's backstory. So I'm like, oh my God, these rigs, mm. like they are, they're opening themselves up to us. Thank you, Lex, for these details. I'm still a little bit confused about the rigs because <laughs> there's a part about. where they're, okay, so like we know a little bit about what they do. Great. First of all, she's like, we're not losing them. Okay. You are on a ship. Right? Like, that's like saying, like, you're on a cruise ship, right? Yeah. And there is a ship circling you, and you're like, we're not losing them. You're not going to lose them. Right. There's nowhere to fucking go. Yes. So, like, what does that mean? How big could this place be, these rigs be, that you could lose someone who is on, like, a moving thing when you're on this, like, stationary platform? That confused me. There's also another part that says, like, when you go inside of the rig, there's, like, a bottomless pit. Like, what is going on? This thing is in the air. Like, how fucking big is it? Like, I guess we know it cleans the air now, but, like, I'm still very confused about... How big it is? Is there magic? (laughs) Is there magic? That's a great question because they also mention at one point that the rig is suspended in the air via engines. So if it has an engine, that implies some sort of like combustion happening because that's what an engine does. 
or it could be like a nuclear engine. I don't know. But something is keeping this rig up in the air, which means it's probably creating quite a bit of pollution. So I don't know how these little trees fringing the top of it are cleaning the air, unless there's some sort of ventilation system or like air purification mechanism to it. But I literally think it's it's just some trees on like a floating bit of scrap metal. Oh, and we know this because, okay, well, we'll get to this, but like... Lex is like, we're not losing them. And, and Hep, remember Hep, is like, well, we don't want to. Because they're basically trying to, like, lead them into, like, the rig's interior. And they go inside. And, yeah, we get, like, a visual of, like, the inside of this rig. Which is basically, like, this labyrinthine, like, big scrap metal maze with a huge opening in the middle that leads into, like, a, a bottomless pit. Which... I sort of understand it as, like, the rig itself is, like, a massive ship in the air, but, like, the interior of it is, like, mostly hollow, so that bottomless pit is, like, a pit out into the open sky beneath it, I think. How did Lex, I mean, Livia, not hear this thing under her home if it was so close and so big? Like, is it silent? Yes. Like, what's going on? Well, the Roomba. None of this makes sense to me. <laughs> that is carrying it around. Fucking... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, it was killing me that they were having a full, as they were running, they were having a full on conversation, mm -hmm. info dump and all like yep. running for their lives, but also just like having full paragraphs of conversation during the whole yes. time. There's a, there's a part where she's like, I slow down some to run beside him. Girl, you guys are in a rush. Are you not? Like what is going on? Like this was not the time for this conversation clearly while you're yes. running. To give you an idea. Yeah. So they're running away from like the PCF, right? Like, so they're going to hide. And at the same time, like they're being given like a tour. And like, this is that, this is that. Like they're like people, things are being like pointed out to them as they're going through. And we learn uh, who I don't even remember who says this. Um, Rigs are havens for the dregs of Indra. Oh, this is Lex. I think she's she's recounting what she was told. Um, those who cannot function within society, often recruited from rock bottom, for few would take such a job. The surface is unsteady. The minutest of interferences might send hundreds plummeting. And yet the true dangers lie aboard. Rabble-rousing ruffians, always eager for a fight. So this is actually a really problematic world detail because... From a craft level, Lex has been establishing rock bottom as the literal rock bottom of society for the duration of the novel. It's where the worst people are, where the mutants go, like where she would have been sent. But now we're actually discovering that there is a level even lower in society than rock bottom. And it's these rig workers. And the rig workers, however, are not sort of aligned to this like top down hierarchy between mm -hmm. like air, the crust, the hub, rock bottom. They're existing literally floating somewhere in the middle. And previously, we had been told that a rig worker, Hep, was basically tantamount to like an artist, a botanist, a gardener, someone with a really prized position in Indrithian society for the work that they do. But they're blue collar and poor. And this, what we're basically circling is the contradiction of how rich people think of like the lower class, like people with like blue collar jobs, right? Like... It's worse than, you know, worse than just being poor, right? Like, you have to work hard and you're in this, like, ruffian society. And at the same time, like, we really appreciate the salt-of-the-earth ethic that these people have, right? Like, that's kind of what we're yeah. getting from these girls, but in, in a dystopian world-building sense. And it doesn't fit. It doesn't really work with what we've been taught so far about this world. I completely agree. It was It's very confusing. Um, And there's just too many classifications and like too many yeah. things you can be or can't be or 
places you can be from that are not like fleshed out enough for me to like really understand what it means like it just all confuses Mm me um Mm -hmm. so we had a really poorly placed moment like reveal here or whatever the fuck um so hep asks where they took kane and libya's like the independent high council and lex is like oh this bitch knew all along and she's like mad at her or whatever and then a couple lines later basically Olivia Lex is like why didn't you tell me and Olivia was like well you were trying to kill me like what do you want fair and it's just kind of silly because like Olivia Lex immediately believes her yeah like she just immediately is like I know she's telling the truth like I don't know like she says more than once like I'm not sure how I know this but I but I just know and it's very annoying for a reveal to happen and for her to just like accept that it's the truth from this person that she supposedly hates when they very, very easily a couple pages later when they have some downtime could have just had the Olivia show her, her like archive or whatever the fuck, you know, like have her show her that it happened because it's a pretty big reveal. We find out (laughs) that basically the archive was tampered with. Well, she suspects that. And, Well, she's telling us it's true. So, like, either she's lying to us or the book is lying to us or this is, like, how they reveal this to us, which is what I think is happening here. That the the archive was tampered with, that Livia didn't actually attack Kane, which is what she says she saw, which I don't even remember this, to be quite honest with you. But she says she saw Livia attacking Kane. We yeah. know Livia didn't attack Kane, right? We like, were there. We were there. We were there. So it would have been much more effective, in my opinion, had they had Lex see the actual archive of whatever the fuck happened and had yeah. the reveal happen that way. Like, oh my God, somebody fucked with the archive. Like, this is not supposed to happen. Instead, it's like sandwiched in between all this like running and like other exposition and it kind of... Yeah gets lost and this should be a really big deal and it just falls flat because of how they approached it i gotta say lex my girl is looking goofy as fuck during this because listen so super goofy she attacks this girl out of nowhere based upon based upon like this evidence right that she misinterprets in the first place and i remember the version of the attack that she saw was basically just the moment when Kane was getting, like, beat up and Livia was, like, standing there. And there was garbled audio. There was not real audio. Like, it had there had been, like, an interference, right? So, like, she actually did see, like, the moment that Kane was attacked. But definitely she didn't see, like, Livia attacking him. She just saw people beating him up and Livia, like, standing over watching, not doing anything about it. Which is actually true. That is what happened. And I was really surprised when Livia, in her own explanation, because again, like, rather than showing us this, like, Livia tells her side of the story. She's like, we had a disagreement, Kane and I. And then she's like, he was in no condition to fight back in the first place as he was being attacked. I attempted to stop them, but they wouldn't listen, which is patently untrue. Do you remember when she was like, well... Like, nothing I can do about this. Like, that was literally what she said to her, to to us, like, the reader, as this was happening. Like, there was barely... I actually really... I don't remember that scene. I would have to reread it again. But, like, why are they misleading us? Like, why are they both... She's gaslighting us. Well, but listen, wait. And then Lex, Lex just buys this, right? She's like, I, I, I check her body for signs of lying. 
don't see any. And then so I realize, annoying. and then she does the thing that you're talking about where she's like, the archive had been messed with. And how she she knows this, because it doesn't really align with like the scenes, because I, I did go back and sort of like just compare them. Like there's not necessarily a sense of like, overt manipulation but that doesn't stop Lex from going I know that they were manipulated and further I know who did this Casina you bitch yeah I hate it like all of this all of this turns into she goes from blaming Livia to back to blaming Casina for this like entrapment and she's like I can't believe Casina cares about Kane so much and hates me so much that she would imperil Kane and have him beaten with an inch of his life just to teach me a lesson, which, you know, the YA heroine, she will make some really crazy decisions with some really wild logic, the heroes as well. But this is even beyond, like, what I would expect from from anybody. Like, it is such a leap of logic, and it is so twisty. And the fact that it's happening just via a conversation without, you know, them checking their giant database of memories that everyone has access to 100%. is so it's so goofy. stupid. And, yes. like, I can't, it's so unsatisfying to have these, like, quote-unquote big reveals happen and have our only confirmation be the character be like it happened that's what right. it is yeah it's because true i said so and yes. i'm like we, we couldn't even put the clues together because we weren't giving any clues and no, yeah. there was no like clues now that we're being introduced to it's just her saying trust me that's how it happened because i told you so and like heavy-handed there was mm-hmm. also another line here where she like realizes that like her anger has like fucked her over like she's been so angry that it's made her dumb and i was like okay well she says like the first thing that i agree with in this whole book and then literally one line later she says i wanted to be angry bitch you have learned nothing like hello But but, but isn't that a learning isn't that not like the learning that she needs to see is that like not only did her anger blind her but she wanted to be angry to make sense of this like rage that she feels towards people because I don't know if that's how they meant it but that's how I read it and I underlined that and I thought that it was really insightful actually. Oh my god not me. I was like you just (laughs) said your anger was making you stupid and now you're saying you want to be angry. I like you should maybe take a deep breath and try to look at the situation with a clear mind rather than like leaning on the thing that you have been leaning on this entire book and that you have just admitted has fucked you up. That's how I saw it. And like, I think she's honest, turning a corner. I think that this is good for her to realize that her anger has misled her. And I think, I think this is, I think this is her coming to terms with it. Like slowly. Right. Um, <laughs> you we'll see. Okay. okay. I guess we will see, but I agree. I mean, that I had underlined that too, and I'm glad that we got a chance to to talk about it. Um, so they're, they're traveling through the, the the rig, and they get to the center of it where there's that big giant pit. And basically, like, there's all of these, like, balconies in which the riggers have made their homes, she describes. And it's basically, like, trash everywhere. <laughs> there are no female riggers. It's only, like, hot men, like, construction-working coarse men that are all over the place. So I'm like, this is basically horse meat disco. If you don't know what that is, don't Google it. Um, it's a party. <laughs> Just think of it that way. So they're, like, looking around, and they're sort of tucked into this little enclave that's really dark. The riggers appear to be preparing for some sort of, like, attack, because any moment the PCF fighters are going to, like, enter into the central chamber in search for, for these girls. We get a few other 
details about the rig that I don't know if are, are really important. Um, basically, like it's a lot are. of stuff made out of like scrap metal that people have like welded into place, which I don't know why these people are welding things to a piece of scrap metal floating in the sky that probably has a weight limit on it. But these are the things that I think about, like physics. Um, but in Indra, we don't got to worry about that. Um, let's see. Things are wobbly. Hep is like, take a seat. You can rest while you can. I have to see to a few details. So this is goodbye for now. It's very casual. It does not feel like we are being chased at this point. Like they're being told to like sit down, and like kick back, like, you know, like, you know, stay here for a little bit. We've got some details to sort out as if like, rather than an invasion, the rig is expecting like a baby shower to take place. Right. And rather than like our two heroines actually participating in the action and the decision making, they're just being told like sit down and Hep and Livia are actually flirting a little bit. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. He says Mm -hmm. even the outside, like, you know, he basically calls them both outsiders. People like us outside people who are outside the outsiders and like, Lex is like, oh my god, like, are we outside the? I don't even know, but yeah, they, there's like, there's like, there is like an overtone of flirtation here. Um, so they're flirting and they're sitting there waiting for stuff to happen. Oh my um, god, I can't believe you never, you never sit your character down and just let them wait for this to something to happen. There's a revolution. It's so brewing. ridiculous. <laughs> yes. If they wanted them to have like a quiet little moment, they could have had one mm. of them be hurt and like getting bandaged or something like something that had to be done in the middle of the action. But like, it would be nice to like see them sort of like show some sort of initiative. Um, Mm -hmm. There is Lex does use the term battery pack of lies. um, I love that point. So funny. I highlighted it. That's the best part of this chapter in my opinion. Yeah. It's like nothing really happens to be quite honest with you it's just sort of like they run they go inside the rig and now they're just waiting because oh some guys some pcf Told. officers are like landing shortly a moment ago they were yeah, like they were like gonna fight for their lives like they were like do we trust these people and now they're like it couldn't it couldn't be more than like 40 minutes that has passed since they literally jumped onto this island and were like brought into it too and what's missing is sort of a distinct sense of any threat whatsoever, despite there being threats on all sides of them at this moment. And we've also been told by Lex explicitly that they are among the lowest of the low in society, like the ruffians that aren't even allowed in like Indra. So you would imagine there'd be some reconciling sort of what they're seeing with what they've been told. Maybe that'll come later. I don't really know. But anyways, yeah, they're they're chit-chatting and then Hep and Durley, who are the two riggers, are like, ready ready and they're like all right here we go and let's see someone sends out like a flare some sort of like signal to basically like draw pcf in the pcf comes along and they like enter and they're like where are the girls and Durley and hap are like we don't know who you're talking about like yada 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 they sort of give them the runaround for a little bit and then finally they're like oh like i think they're i think they're all the way up there at the very like top of the rig and so the PCF fighters, like, are about to start traveling up. Uh, and then, hold on, I feel like I'm skipping over. Oh, my God, like, they're, they're like, the ending did surprise me. And I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to contextualize for the, for the listener. It's just basically them going back and forth with mostly Hep, I think. And he's yeah. sort of 
playing with them, right? He's like commenting on like the girl's long legs and saying like, I think one of them was into me, like fucking around with the PCF officers, but like nothing really important. I don't think you're skipping anything important. Um, It's just basically him messing around with the PCF officers, them sort of going back and forth and them sending them like in like the wrong direction, basically. Right. Oh, my God. Okay. The PCF officers are like, they are outlaws. And Hep goes (laughs) after like telling them to like giving them the run. I was like, you know, they're not your enemies. Okay. They're just girls. You ought to let them be. Um, you hear me, crappy, I don't know, crappy is his, like, nickname for, like, the people that are in uniform, I don't know, and he's like, you hear me, crappy, let them be, let us be, you can't control everything, even if you think you can, we won't be controlled by you, so he's, this is interesting to me, because he's basically saying that, like, times are changing, that, like, PCF and, like, Indra can't control everything, like, you can't control us indicating like the riggers we've learned about this like power struggle and this animosity that the riggers have for like you know pcf and how they're outlaws like this has all been given to us like in the last couple of pages and it's really interesting and it's definitely something as a main character like i would want to learn more about i would want to have this as an author sort of form the kindling of like revolution in the minds of these girls who are going to need something to sort of launch them into suspecting that their society isn't all it's cracked up to be or that resistance is even possible this is a conversation that should be carried on for a few chapters probably but then that doesn't happen because the pcf fighters point a gun at hep and shoot him and kill him (laughs) and that's how the chapter ends (laughs) what the fuck the world is changing and there's no place dead Literally didn't even let him finish his sentence. So we don't know if he's dead, but, like, they they truly just, like, shoot him for standing up to them. And, and I, I mean, that surprised me. I didn't think that we were going to get a character that sort of feels like they're going to be, like, the heart or sort of the philosophical heart, right, of the revolution. I didn't expect the character at all. And when they showed up, I was like, oh, finally, we have someone who's going to kind of crystallize why we need to stand up to Indra. Because clearly neither of these girls is really putting the pieces together. And then he dies right away. Dies right away. And it's really disappointing because these are the first time that I felt like characters were actually like fun to read. Yeah, I know. And now he's gone. And also like, wasn't he ready to fight? Like, shouldn't he have some sort of weapon or something? He was just like, listen here, you leave these girls alone. (laughs) Yeah, like, 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 this is this is what I would expect from Mickey Mouse. Right, like, hey, yeah, get away fuck? from her! Like, it was crazy. But okay. <laughs> that sounded so suspiciously like him. I'm scared. <laughs> you guys, I'm scared. What was that? Oh my god. Okay. All right. Ugh. Rose and a thorn. Let me hear it. I can go first if you want. I can go first. So my rose is. Unfortunately, these characters, which I don't think they're going to be around for much longer, but it was interesting to see sort of like a different, like a different angle of like people who live in Indra and sort of like how they live. Like I thought that was Mm. like cool and interesting. And I was like really, really sick of like just being on the island or like in a cave 
basically. So, like, this was cool. It's like a new setting, yeah. right? Sure. Um, and it yes. felt, even though I still don't understand how big it is, it felt very specific. Like, it felt like I could picture what it looked like in my brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was good. Because a lot of times I felt like we were just, like, kind of, like, floating through nothingness in this book. And I can't mm-hmm. really tell where we are in space and time. Um and then my thorn is the way that they sort of handled the whole reveal of like the the archives and like specifically Lex just telling us trust me believe me this is like h- how it happened like I just know she's lying and I just know Casina did it and offering like yeah. no receipts um <laughs> that was very frustrating to me um it's very annoying it's like such lazy writing and it completely ruined something that could have been like a really cool reveal if they had just Mm. like worked on it like a little tiny bit authors and writers out there if you ever find yourself having a character going i don't know how but i just know it that is a huge red flag yes Mm. obviously in life sometimes you just know things but you need to unpack like how someone knows things or why they are so adamant that a certain thing be true. For instance, the way this would have worked is if she had been like, I was so sure that this was the truth and like I had a gut feeling at the time, but now I understand that it was just my anger. I wanted to be angry about this thing and I wanted a reason to, you know, basically act on on my anger. Then she should have said something along the lines of like, and now like as I'm learning this other truth, like I have the same gut feeling that she's right, but like perhaps I'm just scared, right? Like that, there you go. That could have been it. And that's enough Mm. for any reader, teen, like middle grade or otherwise to sort of understand like, oh, like that's true. Like I can, I can understand the feeling behind this and the surety that kind of comes from just, you know, quote, knowing things. But you can never just have a character who just, just knows it, just happens to know it, especially, especially in the heels of being disproved. Right, like in such a such a frank 100%. way, so it's like goofy. Like she, goofy. Only, she, yeah, she just knew it the first time. She too, just knew it a second ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Someone gives you one fucking fake thumb, and suddenly, like, girl, and is she still wearing the thumb? She is. In my mind, she's wearing the thumb. <laughs> I think so too. That thumb's not coming off. Oh no, that semi-permanent thumb. Good for 10 washes. Um, anyways, so, oh, Rose and the Thorn. Um, my rose was going to be that Lex had that moment of she's of saying, like, oh, I wanted to be angry, but you've talked me out of it, and you've talked me into your rose, which is that, like, yeah, we get to, like, see the rig in, like, another setting. I'm my, my thorn, my thorn is that a book titled City of Indra has not shown us the City of Indra. We have not been to the City of Indra yet. <laughs> And at this point, I don't have faith that we are going to enter the city of Indra unless we literally fall out of the sky into the bottomless pit and fucking land in the middle of Indra, Indra Square. This is this is a running theme of Bad Author Book Club because it took us it took us this long or this longer than this to get to Model What is going also. on, girls? So it's just like What is this? Someone uh, like why is this Kansas, but this is not our Kansas? America, explain. <laughs> it is bananagrams. So, okay, well, that's what I've got. I'm, I'm like near tears thinking about this. But if someone could draw a rig for us, that would be really useful. I could use a visual. So if you're out there, if you've got a, a Procreate account, let us know because we would like to see 
<laughs> see what you come up with. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I think that I'm hoping things pick up after this. They're picking up. I feel I feel momentum. I don't know. It might just be gravity. Okay. Can you wait? Can you imagine <laughs> writing a book that is so, so faulty that literally the mode by which characters are propelled is quite literally gravity? Because that's what we have so far. They've just jumped from an island. They're probably going to fall through this bottomless pit. No. Like, come on. Are they marbles or are they girls? Yeah, there's a lot of falling. A lot of falling. They, they're trying so hard to be Alice in Wonderland, but they'll never be her. The original, the original tumbling girl. The original Tumbelina, some would say. The original falling bitch. Maiden of gravity, (laughs) Alice in Wonderland. Okay, enough. (laughs) We're This is over. I'm calling it. Uh, Thank you, listeners, (gasps) for yet another week at the Pat Author Book Club. If you are enjoying the show and you want to follow us on social media, all those links are in our show notes. Uh, Along with our personal links, you can find me on the internet at the Ryan LaSala on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. And my website is ryanlasala.com. There you can find links to order all of my books. Please do so. Yay! If you want to follow me, Clarabelle, I'm at Clarabelle underscore Ortega everywhere online. And my website's ClarabelleOrtega.com. You can already pre-order House of Elephants, which is the third book in the Witchlink series. Uh, Go order it from your local indie. And yeah, buy all our books. Buy multiple copies. Buy them for your friends and family and your enemies. Yeah. Let your New Year's resolution be... To not only read more, but to read us for film. Read us while smelling interesting. Oh my God. Smell interesting, <laughs> read a book, smell interesting, and we will see you wherever gravity brings us next. Oh my That's God. That's what I want to say. I love that. Oh, bye, hot queen. See you next week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.